The more dollars you print, the more they're devalued, interest rates are lower, and because interest rates are lower, what happens? Well, that stimulates the economy. Money's cheaper, the money supply is greater, and the debt becomes cheaper, so businesses can grow. But then you also have the negative side of that, which is government spending, which we've seen a lot of. regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the Retirement Fitness Plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on Processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. Inflation. <laughs> that's not scary. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. It, it. is. Right? I kind of feel like I want to punch a table when you say the yeah. word, because those of us that go to the grocery store and we see our buying our Christmas gifts, we're seeing the prices climb. I'm just going to use something very uh, tangible. Uh, Xbox Series X. Yes, it's selling retail for $450. But if you want to get your hands on one, you're not going to find it under $995. And that's on eBay or some other place. Because they can afford to charge that much. You cannot get your hand on a Series gas. X. G- gas is up over a dollar, dollar twenty-five a gallon? Yep. Well, this is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all our questions and to give us some guidance to help us stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. We well, already, we already, we're already into we it, already right? We already got into uh, it because we just yeah, couldn't you know, avoid I mean, talking about it. I think normally my response to this is just to say, oh, this is so boring. But um, I think this is critical for a lot of people right it, now. It's it's an impact. You know, I mean, you, you see it when you go grocery shopping. Um, it's, uh, you know, when, when your food bill goes up, you know, 20 percent, 30%, 40%, and you've got a large family, uh, you know, three kids, two kids uh, or more. I mean, that's a huge hit, not including gas and, and the list goes on and on and on. Well, and I think it's scared, you know, people start talking to you about Christmas gifts in August because they're not going to be able to get your hands on the things that are popular, you know, those, and, and that's where people really take advantage. They go in and they buy up all the inventory. Well, yeah, and I mean, and, and that's part of that whole supply chain, you know, supply and demand. Um, and, and that's really, uh, inflation is is really, it's it's a supply and demand, okay? It's, it's a, a decrease in the purchasing power of money, 
All right. Um, and it's reflected by the increase of, you know, prices of goods and services. And, and we see that, like you were talking about, with, with the Xbox, with grocery stores. Um, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. And, and everyone always asks me, they're like, it is, so is inflation bad, you know, or is it good? Um, and it's, it, it's actually both. Um, you know, I don't know that the majority of us would, the majority of us would look at inflation and say, how is it positive? But like, and we're going to get to that. Yeah. We're going to get to that. I mean, cause, cause it's a paradox, right? I mean, it's when, when you can have one thing with two meanings and they're both correct. Um, and like I said before, so when you look at inflation, it, it really is a function of, of supply and demand of, of money. All right. And the more you produce or print money, um, the, the more money makes each dollar, you know, the more you print, the the value of the dollar goes down, you know, which causes prices to rise. And, you know, and we're seeing that right now. But it also has benefits, too. So when the economy isn't firing on all cylinders, and we saw that after the housing bubble, we saw that after 9-11, most recently, COVID, right? You know, and it's basically because the... the the economy, it's its running below capacity. We've got people aren't working. So you have unused labor, you have unused resources, they're not producing. Uh, and the more dollars that you have, it translates into more spending, which in turn creates more demand and stimulates the economy. All right. But it's just like anything else, too much of a good thing. And you know, when when you go back to, I'm going to use uh, Bernanke, the, the old Fed chair, um, and and his monetary policy when it comes to quantitative easing. Do you remember when I taught the class and we were talking about the the economic section and we had that whole section on on inflation and I used the fire example because it really is for people to understand it why it's the the difference between good and bad. If you think of it like a wildfire, I'm going to use California because they have all the the crazy wildfires out there. Yeah. You know, if a wildfire out of control is like hyperinflation. It's, it's just you, you can't control it. And do you remember, I think it was four or five years ago, uh, the, the wildfire was so out of control, it actually went over the interstate and burned all those cars on the interstate and just kept on going. And I forget how many, you know, tens of thousands of acres that it, that it burned. Um, well, it's, so it's the difference between a wildfire and a controlled burn. So a controlled burn is when you have firefighters, the fire department, they're out in a certain area um, and, you know, they're monitoring the weather and the wind direction and everything else. And they're planning ahead and digging ditches and they light a specific area of the forest on fire to get rid of all the undergrowth, everything that's dead and decaying. Um, and why do they do it? Well, they do it for two reasons. Number one, to make sure that you don't have a wildfire, right, that burns out of control. So think of that as kind of like a monetary policy. All right. Now, that monetary policy, once you have that controlled burn, um, the second purpose of it is it's a rebirth. Right. So once you get rid of all that dead wood and, and underbrush and leaves and everything else, uh, now what happens? Well, you, you have the ability for new plants to grow and wildlife and everything else. So think of that as stimulating the economy. And the whole purpose of the, the Federal Reserve is really to, to control that monetary policy in you know, when, when we look at the 70s, you know, you have hyperinflation, which is when, you know, the wildfire out of control. And it can also mean the opposite, which is stagflation, which is super slow, sluggish economy, um, super high unemployment. 
Um, you know, and we saw both of those under Jimmy Carter going all the way into the 80s. When we saw interest rates of, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 percent, we, we had a family in here that we were helping a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about a CD that they got that was like 17 point something percent. We would kill for that right now. <laughs> Not the other interest rates, but a 17 percent CD rate, right? And the Federal Reserve is supposed to control that. Bernanke, when the housing bubble popped, I know this is boring stuff, but it's really important to kind of get the gist of it. He was such a student of, of the Great Depression, all right, and the stock market crash. He wanted to make sure that that didn't happen. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. This is just his thought process. And so the way that they stimulated the economy was through quantitative easing. Um, and everyone, the vernacular is QE, QE one, two, three, and yep. three and a half. And, and it hasn't really stopped today. And it was supposed to be a temporary thing, but it, it has since become permanent. Yeah, it's okay? become new policy now. It, it, it has. And, you know, the more dollars you print, the more they're devalued. Interest rates are lower. And because interest rates are lower, what happens? Well, that stimulates the economy. Money's cheaper. The money supply is greater. People loan and get more debt. And, yeah, well, yep. that's exact. And the debt becomes cheaper. Um, so businesses can grow. Uh, they, they can afford some more uh, capital expenditures, right, and expand. But then you also have the negative side of that, which is government spending, which we've seen a lot of. Uh, you know, when you and we talked about this before with the national debt, um, when Clinton left office and, and Bush took over, it was about five point eight trillion for the first two hundred and twenty some years of America. Right. Since the beginning of the country, when Obama took over, um, it was about eight and a half, almost nine trillion. By the time he left, it was about 20 trillion. And so it just kept doubling and doubling. And now we're pushing 30 trillion. Um, you know, we're trying to pass another 3.5 trillion. Well, how can we keep doing that? Well, the reason we can keep doing it is because interest rates are low, right, as part of this fiscal, this monetary policy. And so the cost of the debt service is really low. Now, as rates start to go up, once we hit that inflationary period, which is where we're at right now, even though the Feds have been trying to keep interest rates low, we just saw this, the CPI, which measures the um, inflation, right, consumer price index. And that's really important because that has a huge effect on those people receiving Social Security on fixed income. Because that goes directly to their COLA, cost of living adjustment. So everyone who is on Social Security or about to get it next year, they're going to get a, I think it's 5.4%. Five, yeah. 5.4% increase. They say the largest one that we've had, I'm, in really, decades. in history. Uh, yeah, it uh, might be. I, I think, think it might be. I, I think what, you, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. But I think you might be right. Um, I don't ever remember it being that, that high. high. You know, I, I mean, cumulative... I, I think if we add up the last 20 years, I don't think it's 5.4%. Well, I can definitely tell you when we plan in our plans, we certainly have we never use, come we, close to 5%. I, I think we use 1%, right? Well, yeah, I, I think to to be a conservative, for yeah, sure. For, for Social Security cost yes. of living. Yeah, not, not for inflation. No. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you, you know, right now we know rates are super low. All right. You can see it when you go to the bank. I mean, in our savings accounts, I mean, it's so low that we're almost paying them. They're almost negative. So we're, we're almost paying the banks to, to keep our money. You know, by the time you add in back in the fees and, and everything else, and even the CD rates are horrible. So as rates start to go up, um, you know, it's it's going to have uh, an impact on on the market. Um, and, and the reason is when when rates are really low, uh, and, and you're approaching retirement or in retirement, 
uh, and you're not making any money in the bank, what are you going to do? You're going to search for growth. And where's the best place for growth? The market. It's in the market, right? Um, and there's a lot of risk there. So there's a lot of seniors, a lot of people that are, you know, pre-retire, um, in retirement, um, that are taking way more risks than what they want and, and even need just to make sure that their money lasts. Now, to keep up with inflation. To keep up with inflation. Exactly. And as those rates start to go up, you know, what's going to happen? They're going to take their money out of the market and they're going to put it safe someplace haven. safe. Yes, absolutely. And so, again, supply and demand. So right now there's a huge demand for stocks um, and bonds. Why? Because there's no other place to put your money for growth. But now all of a sudden, if there's competition, supply and demand, right, um, and that competition is guaranteed income, all right, or a, a fixed interest rate uh, for a certain period of time without any risk of your principal, oh, yeah. people are going to take some of their money out and put it in there. And so as they do that, the, the demand for stocks are going to go down um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to have a, uh, a, a bigger effect overall. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally makes sense. All right. So the good news is. Well, <laughs> well, so, you know, I, I kind of had to explain everything and, and there is a lot of good news. You know, the, the sky is not falling. You know, we we've been, you know, as as a country, we, we've been through this before, not a situation exactly like this, but we've been through situations where our leaders have been not good stewards of our money or theirs. Um, a lot of overspending, um, bad policy, uh, fiscal policy. Right. Um, and, and, you know, so that has an impact on on everything that we see going around. And Jesse Itzler. Right. I know. I, you're you're he, a big fan. I'm a big fan. Well, so most those of you who don't know who he is, is he's an author. He's an entrepreneur, is owner of the uh, the Hawks. Um, his wife married is, to the inventor of Spanx. And the, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. He's an interesting guy. For yeah, very. Sure. Yes. Uh, living sure. with the seal. Uh, yeah. I mean, so he's written some really good books, too. But, you know, I. We always say I'm, I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. And I was I was listening to an interview over the weekend and his whole take was he's like, you know, people always say, you know, are you glass half empty or half full? He's like, man, I'm just happy I got a glass. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and when you think about it, I actually started laughing when I heard him say it because, you know, we're in America. We get to have a glass. Yeah, right. Yep. And, yeah. and even if it's half full, we have water in a glass. And that's what's so exciting. Um, and so the good news is you've got a lot of options. There's a lot of opportunities right now, but you need to make sure that you're that you're protected, um, especially if you're within that 10 years of retirement um, and or, or you're at or in retirement. That's kind of a big deal right now. Yeah. So it, it is something where people need to understand everything that affects them in retirement to know how to they how they plan for for what that looks like on the other side. When there is no longer paycheck, all those scenarios come into play. So how do we make sure that we have a glass? Yeah. Well, safety, income, and growth. I mean, okay. you know, we, we talk about it all the time. You've got to have your money that you need for safety. You know, that's your, that's, it has nothing to do with the rate of return. That's your emergency money. Um, six to 12 months cash. You need to have it set aside just to make sure that when bad things happen, as they sometimes do, you, your money's there, right? It, it's got to be liquid and accessible. So you, you need to have it there. And then you have your, your money for growth. Well, that's the money that you're going to need, you know, in the stock market. You're going to, you have to have money for growth to hedge against things like 
inflation, taxes, healthcare costs, long-term care, um, spousal replacement, God forbid when that time comes, all right? And then you also need your money for, for income, which is also kind of the, like the conservative bucket. And the sources for income for most people, Social Security, some people have pensions, which are really just annuities. Um, you've got uh, rental income, dividend income, interest income, and the list goes on and on and on. And the problem is, I would say probably, and I'm being conservative, 90% or more of the families that come in that we help when they first come in have 90 to 100% of their money over on the growth side. Now, over the last 10 to 12 years, it's been a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, if it was managed correctly, it should have done really, really well over the last 12 years. The bad thing is, is that we're all 12 years older now. People that weren't in retirement, they're in retirement or much closer to it. Okay, or at retirement. So it's time to start taking chips off the table to make sure that no matter what happens in the market, that you can maintain your lifestyle and do whatever it is that you want to do. And it's our job as financial planners and and everyone out there listening, you know, to use all the tools that we talked about and even those that we didn't to make sure that, you know, even if the market goes down and we have a recession or it's a bear market, that you're not having to sell those those holdings, those stocks, those bonds, those mutual funds, exchange traded funds, whatever it is at a loss. Just to pay the bills, okay? And that's why that safety, income, and growth, that that methodology, our philosophy, is so very important. Well, great information. If you want Ed's help or you have additional questions, please reach out to us at info at egsifinancial.com. Give us a call at the office at 614-526-4118. You can check us out and see what we're all about on our website at egsifinancial.com. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Leanne. Hey, when was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the Retirement Fitness Plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the Retirement Fitness Plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. Thank you.